Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Good morning. This week on the show... There's a lot to fit in the next half hour. We have one of the dumbest big money bets of all time. Six teams left standing, soon to be four in the NBA playoffs. The Action Network's Matt Moore jumps on to discuss. But we start with the 20-day countdown. May 14th last year, the Supreme Court overturned PASPA. And almost a full year later, eight states with full-scale legalized sports betting... Five more have recently passed a bill, including Indiana signing off this week. So we go from 1 to 13 states in a year. That's what happened after PASPA was repealed. Many more to come. Maybe our very own home state, Illinois. The sponsor of the bill for Illinois, State Rep Mike Zalewski, he joined me on Thursday night to talk about his bill because there's been a lot of questions And some vary against some of the language in this bill. It went from five amendments down to two. So what does that mean? That means they're down to two options that they're looking at. And now the deadline is inside of three weeks. It's three weeks from yesterday, okay? I asked Zalewski to explain his two amendments. We thought about nicknaming them. We had uh, a representative from the Cubs and the Sox at the table yesterday, so we thought about nicknaming one of them the Cubs and one of them the Sox, but that would have been too gimmicky, so we stuck with one and two. Oh, you would have been killed for the (laughs) anti-integrity people. (laughs) So uh, they they both represent ideas and concepts that I think are indicative of where we stand and concepts that I think are down to the final negotiation. We're very much trying to be transparent and open here about where we're considering, so Rather than try to negotiate behind closed doors, we're trying to do it in the, out in the open. There's things in Amendment 1 that people like and don't like. There's things in Amendment 2 that people don't like. That was very much reflected in the testimony yesterday. Mm-hmm. We thought that four amendments the first time were a good idea and sort of accomplished the goal. Yesterday was a little choppier because we had anticipated signing amendments Tuesday, but we ultimately needed another 24 hours. So I think people were genuinely 
process-wise a little confused, and, and that's my fault, but it also still led to a good hearing. So, you know, the top-line issues remain the tax rate, the fee structure, how many skins will do, whether – I think we're pretty good on there being an online presence. What we're going to do about FanDuel and DraftKings, and then we're going to work from there. Okay, let's go over these two amendments. There are a lot of listeners that aren't following this as closely. Yeah. They're interested in what's happening, but they don't have all the details. Okay, what is involved with Amendment 1? Amendment 1 is pretty much a continuation of New Jersey. It is a master license structure with um, affiliated skin licenses. There's no restriction on who can do it in Illinois. It allows for 20 master licenses. It generates the amount of revenue we need. Um, there's no mention of royalty fee or official league data in Amendment 1, but it does have the ability to place a sports book at a, a sports stadium, which is something that teams have expressed interest in. Amendment 2 is a little more nuanced. It only has seven licenses in the first phase, and then it allows for several more licenses in the second phase. That's meant to be an accommodation to Illinois casinos, bricks-and-mortar casinos, to get them up and running quickly. They could get a, what's called a provisional license and do it right away while we figure out how to get online plug-and-play. Um, Amendment 2 also has what's been dealing with on DraftKings and FanDuel, which is a we call it either a bad actor provision or a penalty box, or um, there's a new phrase for it, like a, uh, a delayed entry into the market piece. It also has the official link data, and it also has the um, fee in it. We very much try to balance out the two concepts. We heard on both concepts, and I thought it was a good sort of airing out of the issues. A point of contention has been the 25% tax rate mentioned in the bill. So I had Zalewski address that number of 25%. So it's high, but I don't. I think it's, there's a perception out there it would be too high. And Tennessee, which is a state to our south that just did this, is at 20%. Okay. Pennsylvania, which has dense urban markets com- comparable to us, is at 36%. Pennsylvania had a myriad of reasons why they couldn't get off the ground. We were very much trying to avoid uh, Pennsylvania's regulatory nightmare. But we don't also think that we can miss the mark on this because we're learning in other areas namely like what we call video EBTs or video poker, when you set the weight too low, it's impossible to ever raise it then. So we're trying to strike a balance. I heard a lot of clear yesterday. People thought the rate was too high. We're going to take that back and try to revisit it. But I also want to not miss the mark here and not make sure that the state doesn't get the necessary revenue it needs. What is New York talking about for a tax rate? You know, I don't know. I don't know the latest permutation of where they're at in their bill. And Pennsylvania, by far the highest at 36%. So if you pass this, this would be the second highest in the country. Yes. Um, But again, we have Chicago. We have the Collar Counties. uh, We have Metro East. We have a robust market. You know, Iowa is, they they had a low rate. Indiana, they have a low rate. We're very much, we heard that yesterday in the hearing. We're going to take that back and revisit it. We, We hear people loud and clear on the rate, but we, A, can't miss the mark on it. And B, Joe, honestly, if someone's able to place a legal bet on a football game in the near future, I, I doubt very much they're going to care what the tax rate is. I just feel like it's something that the policymakers care about very, very much. I'll tell you as a better, I'll care if my options are only minus 120. That's the thing. Can they make 110 work? Bet 110 to win 100. That's the question. I mean, we hear that, but but then we sort of have staff dig deeper, and we're told that that that's been put out there as a as an argument against a high tax rate. But in reality, 
it, it hasn't had much of an effect on the on the driver of the ad. I understand that's an argument, and again, we're trying to be cognizant of it. But we we have we're blessed with good staffers who are briefing us consistently on what they think will work, and I think we're we're trying to thread the needle there. And then there's those exorbitant license fees, or are they? They vary between five and twenty million dollars a license. I asked State Rep Zalewski if they have reason to believe that all of these licenses will sell. We've been told privately that, that the license fees are not a barrier to entry. I mean, when I say privately, I don't mean behind closed doors. I, I think we have stakeholder meetings besides hearings, and we've been told that the, there's capitalized companies that would pay a sizable amount of money for a license fee. It's also important to remember, not that you want to do it on this reason, but the governor's as fiscal year 20 budget is based on $10 million license fees. If you're going to go to an online platform and they're going to have dominion over the market, it makes sense to make that license fee better. So, again, we're trying to work through these things, but we feel like it was a good starting point for negotiation, and we're going to try to work from there. In Amendment 2, explain the integrity fee. Mm -hmm. Tier 2 bets only, which are in-game bets. We thought it was worth having the conversation about whether that should be included in the bill. Same thing with official league data very much going to ask members over the course of the next two weeks how they feel about these two issues. You know, I I think members are very kind of divided on this. We had a good hearing. Uh, Representative Petty's done a really nice job on this issue of trying to get people to get engaged on this. But we feel like we wouldn't be the first state to do it. You know, that's been an argument. Well, we'd be the only state to do it. Tennessee did it. Um, we also feel like the leagues have sort of made their case on why they invest money and officially data, so we think it's worth giving them a hearing. What is next? What's the next step? Is there another hearing or what? Uh, there's a couple of items. Staff's going to sort of take what they heard and, and digest it. We're going to have members talk to next week about how they feel about this. Um, there's one final, final amendment, and we're down to the champion, I guess. We're going to try to draft it and then present it as a work we think can pass. My timeline now is, is short, so I got to I got to get this done. So the pressure's on. Are you confident? This is the governor's top one of his top priorities. It's as far along as any of the legislative issues we're working on. So I really hope I can get it done because I know people really want to get it. Want me done? Yes, I do too. State Rep. <laughs> Mike Zalewski, uh, thanks for coming on. You can follow me on Twitter at MJ Zalewski. Thanks, Joe. Tick, tick, tick. The clock keeps on moving, and if they don't get this done now, meaning in the next 20 days, we won't see legalized sports betting in Illinois until next year at the very earliest. Now, due to some time constraints, had to edit that interview down a little bit. If you want to listen to the entire thing, it is available on 670thescore.com. Just click on the Joe O Show, subscribe to the podcast there, and you can subscribe to the Early Odds podcast there as well. Before we pivot to the NBA playoffs, remember that guy from Wisconsin that bet $85,000 on Tiger to win the Masters at 14 to 1, giving him McCool 1.2 mil? Well, he made another bet. The guy that won $1.2 million on supposedly the first bet of his life. I'm sorry, I don't believe that, James Ducci. He wagered $100,000. He bet on Tiger again. 100K on Tiger to win the Grand Slam. Masters, PGA Championship, U.S. Open, and the British Open at 100 to 1. 
Masters, PGA Championship, U.S. Open, British Open, all four majors, 100 to 1 in the same year. Before the Masters, this bet was 500 to 1. He took it at 100 to 1. When the field is as strong as ever, and it actually got all the way down to 50 to 1. Insane. 100K on something that's happened once, 1930, when Bobby Jones did it. And that was pre-Masters. The Masters did not exist back then. It's not happening. Just give me your hundred grand. Now joining me on Early Odds, Matt Moore from ActionNetwork.com. You could follow his fine work at HP Basketball over on Twitter. He's got links to all of his great articles. And Matt, we have to start with the Warriors and this Kevin Durant injury. So the debate is, are they even better without Durant? Can they be as good without Durant? Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I've got an article up on action talking about this. Um, I, they're not a better team without Kevin Durant. <laughs> That's obviously dumb. Uh, but I do think in this one particular situation against this one particular team, there are some advantages that having Durant be out might help them. I think that in particular, the Rockets switch encourages them to go ISO with Kevin Durant. So Durant against the Clippers averaged like 3.4 isolations per game versus the Rockets, he's averaging 11 isos per game. And when you have that isolation offense, you're often not moving the ball and no one else is touching it and your three-point rate is down. The three-point rate goes up without Durant on the floor in this series. I think that that's relevant. Um, I think overall... They can, for a game or two, they can get away without Durant being on the floor, and it might hit their record something that they're not used to. I think it gives them a little bit of an edge just in this situation. Do you think it can give them any sort of an edge moving forward, seeing that they can take down a tough team without Durant? No, I don't think that that would be how it works. Like, you know, versus. Portland or Denver, they're going to be pretty significant favorites anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Denver in particular, you know, Denver really gets cooked by players exactly like Durant, tall scoring forwards, and Durant's the best tall scoring forward there is. So not having him, I think, would hurt more versus the Nuggets, who have had some success in the regular season versus the Warriors the last couple of years. Um, I think that in the finals is the same kind of deal, where if Durant were to not be back, and I think he'd likely be back during the finals, but if he's less than 100%, I think that hurts because you need his mobility and physicality. You need him 100% to help on Giannis and also keep uh, the offense up to where it needs to be. So there's, I think there's more long-term effects from this than there are maybe short-term, which is surprising because of how close the Rockets have kept the series the last two years. Okay, Matt, before we get to Sunday's Game 7s that we do know about, uh, let's keep it with Durant a little bit. Do you think he's gone at the end of the season? That's definitely the sense. I think... You know, the guy like Durant, who seems so moody, I think you have to keep all options on the table. But I do think that I don't know what there is else for him to do there. You know, it's clear that there's there's tension with him and Draymond. It's clear that there's some tension with him and Kerr. There are signs that this entire core is kind of ready for something new. And he'll have won three titles, right? Like, he's certified now. He's won three titles. He's going to go down as a top five player or top ten player at least all time, depending on what happens the rest of his career. It's time for him to go have a new challenge. And 
The thing is, the PR hit that he took for going to the Warriors, you know, he, he kind of traded that in exchange for multiple rings. Well, if he goes somewhere else and competes at a high level, and, and if he, especially if he wins a championship, that puts him on another level and kind of will rehab his PR image. He'll be beloved if he goes and takes his own team somewhere. He'll have that whole redemptive arc over the last past, part of his career, much the same way LeBron's kind of like Cleveland stint did. So I think that that's kind of important for him as well. I just think there's a lot, there's more reasons for him to leave than stay at this point. The other day, the Westgate opened the Knicks at 16-1. to They had the worst record in the NBA a year ago uh, this past season. They opened up at 16-1 to to win the title, and just because of all the possibilities, the possibility of Kevin Durant going there, maybe Anthony Davis in a deal, and Zion Williamson. The lottery order will be set coming up on Tuesday, and Bulls fans at the edge of their seat, the most exciting moment of the season for them. So one two is what the conversation is all about. Zion Williamson, John Morant. Where are those two players going to go? What is the best scenario for the NBA? Hmm. Well, I think the NBA would probably say New York, just because they need New York to be relevant. Uh, they badly need the Knicks to be relevant. But if we're talking about from what's the best result in the NBA, uh, the NBA is defined by stars, and Zion's going to be a star. Making the most of him is putting him in a situation where he can win, and that means I think the Hawks. Uh, if he goes to Atlanta mm. and it's Trey Young and John Collins and Zion Williams, and that Ooh. three-man combo is going to be devastating for years and years. They'll be an instant league pass favorite. Um, it'll be it'll give kind of coverage for the weaknesses that exist in Trey Young's game. Young's ability to spread the floor will cover for Zion. Like That's an exciting combo that I think would, would do great things for a team in that market. But the league, I think, is always going to want it to be a little bit bigger. The Chicago Bulls, I think, would be interesting, too. A lot of tradable pieces there, a lot of young talent. I like marketing. I think that he and, and Zion would pair well together, as would Wendell Carr Jr. and Zion. So a lot of options there. What's fascinating is we look at the draft lottery, it's just, there are so many great scenarios that can come out of it. And, of course, at the end, the Cavs are probably going to win it because that's just what they do. <laughs> are you buying into John Morant at the next level? Uh, yeah, I'm all in. You know, I think a team like Phoenix, that would be, be perfect for him. Um, they need a point guard, somebody that can set the table next to Booker. Putting Morant and Booker together would be, I think, really great. You know, I think even if he if the Knicks don't win the number one and he goes number two, even with all their guards, which would be kind of funny, uh, that would still be a really great pick for them. I, I'm all in. I think that his athleticism and his competitiveness too, like what he shows, I mean, like that's such a cliche, his competitiveness. But it really does matter. You need guys that are genuinely in there and have a real dedication to winning and i think that there's no question that morant has that yeah the bulls would love to land morant too because they're just about done with chris dunn and that whole project they really do need a point guard so that would be a big help you've got early odds on 670 the score and the radio.com app chatting with matt moore of actionnetwork.com follow him on twitter at hp basketball okay sunday eastern conference game seven sixers at the raptors Toronto is favored by six, total of 209. What's on your mind here? I like the under. Um, I've been playing the overs a lot this season, especially in the kind of these late series games. Like I was on the overs last night and they hit because I think that there's always been this idea of late in series teams that figured each other out, but we're in an offensive centric era. And so I think as these series go on, the offenses actually get better. But game sevens are different. Everybody's tight. Everybody's nervous. Everybody's worried about making a mistake. They're tired from playing one another. It's ground down. So I think these game sevens, it's still wise to play the under in most situations. And I think the Sixers-Raptors one might be one where the under goes. I do like Toronto quite a bit. Uh, Toronto should have won game two. 
Uh, they just had a bad shooting night. They also should have won last night. Uh, they had a bad, another bad shooting night. They're the better team in order to this tactically. The Sixers are winning with effort and energy, and like they run fast, they jump high, they shoot well when they shoot well. But overall, like the Raptors have way more advantages when you put this thing and kind of put it into an X's and O's format at home. The shooting should regulate. I, I like Toronto quite a bit at six. Blazers at the Nuggets and Denver's favored by five, five and a half in that area, and the total's sitting at two twelve. I want to wait and see if this gets up to six. It, there's been some indications the early early money is, is getting in pretty heavy on Denver. I want to see if this gets bumped up to six. If I can grab it at six, I'll take Portland. The money line is not attractive enough for Denver. If it gets bet down for any reason, if that num- if the money line number drops, I'll be on Denver. I don't like Denver having to cover that spread with Damian Lillard and the season on the line and all that. I do like the over in this one. I think when you look at how these two teams have played overall, their offense, the over has hit consistently. So I think you're going to see more and more of a trend of, like I talked about earlier, where the offenses have figured each other out. I don't think either one can stop one another. Denver's offense in particular, the team total has been really low on Denver in this series, and that's hit consistently. I'll probably be on that because Denver at home, Malik Beasley shoots like 13% better in the playoffs. Will Barton shoots better. Gary Harris shoots better. Uh, they rested Jokic a little bit, I think, with the mind that we need to keep him fresh for a Game 7. The Nuggets will have two days off for the first time in like three weeks. So that's going to be huge for them. I expect Denver to, to pull it out, but I don't want to trust them with a line as big as five. You just gave us a couple of totals with the NBA. Do you find yourself veering toward totals more, looking for some spots? I've been really high on the team totals during the playoffs. Because if you can get a sense for what where the team is at in the series, how it's playing out, and kind of what the dynamics are of how the offense matches up versus the defense, you get a really good sense of how the, the individual team's going to perform, and you don't wind up getting ruined by garbage time as much on, on the combined total, right? So, like, if you're like, I think the Raptors are going to put up a big number, but what winds up happening is they do, and then the other team is in garbage time for the last like eight minutes, and they wind up, you know, not putting up any points on the board. That can really hurt you. So instead of playing those team totals, I've I found that to be a much sharper approach for me. Okay, so in the Eastern Conference, you have the Raptors facing off against the Bucks, the Nuggets moving on. Usually at this point in the season, no matter what sport you're talking about, all the value on futures is gone. But is there a team to watch out for? Maybe if they go down in the series to jump on. You know, I think uh, if, we, if we look at the conference finals, I think they're probably the best value. Um, like right now is the time to get on the Warriors, right? You're not going to get better value than where the, that number is right now. Um, it's been at the spot that you want to get. Maybe even a few days before, before that, that Game 5 uh, that win. But I do think the Bucks continue to me to be the best value. They're still undervalued to the books. They're finally moving into minus territory. But this has been the best team all season. They've been honest about who they are. I keep thinking about this with the Celtics, where they told us all season they weren't that good, and we were just like, well, no, you'll get it together, <laughs> won't you? Yeah. And they didn't. The Bucks have told us all year, we're the best team in the league, with the best record, with the MVP, with the best point differential, with the best defense, the best offense. And that's what they've been in the playoffs. They've lost two times in the playoffs in total. They have home court. Um, I think that they really do have the formula to beat Golden State. I think if you're looking long-term, the best value is on the Bucks title odds. Matt Moore, check him out, actionnetwork.com. Matt, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Thanks, man. Take care.
The rationale there does make a lot of sense from Matt Moore. Season on the line for both teams, both games, game sevens, teams tighten up defensively a bit. Coming up next here on The Score, Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. I'll be back on the air Monday evening, 7 to 10, following Bears All Access. And then next Saturday morning, 8.30, for early odds. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.